When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan, you know what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, your adventure recently driving some badass vehicles. Yeah, and uh, FCA's continued project to Hellcat everything. Which I love. Yeah, yeah. Thank so. you, FCA, for doing that. So coming up on this episode, we're going to be talking about the new Challenger Superstock, the right. new Dragster. We're going to be talking about the uh, Charger Red Eye SRT Hellcat wide body. Yeah, it's a wide body sedan that'll do 203 miles an hour. And of course, we're going to be talking about the Durango SRT Hellcat in their continuing effort to put a Hellcat engine in everything. I just got back from actually driving all three. Uh, and while driving impressions are embargoed, I can tell you a lot about these. Let's start off with the Super Sport. I'm very curious about that vehicle because you corrected me recently by saying that it's not exactly the same thing as... The Demon, it's a slightly different car, but it has a lot of the same features. And that is coming up right now on TFL's Talking Cars. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, you know, so the uh, Hellcat uh, Challenger Super Sport is basically a dragster, Nathan. Imagine. Uh uh, like a demon light, right? Remember, what, two years ago they came out with a demon? Right. They built, what, 3,000 examples, and uh, it was an 840 horsepower fused racing gas monster. Uh, well, this is a detuned version of that. Uh, so, what they did was um, they gave it 807 horsepower, uh-huh. which is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot, yeah. Uh, they gave it Nitto drag tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe uh, the. Uh, Top speed has actually been lowered to 168, I think. But it's not built for top speed, it's built for drag times. Yes, yes, and it's tire limited, so it's because of the tires. Uh, and you know, in most uh, Challengers and Chargers, you've got track mode, right? Right. Well, in a, a typical Hellcat, if you put it in track mode, it basically sets it up for a racetrack. In this vehicle, if you put it in track mode, it sets it up for a drag strip. Right. So it changes the spring rates so that the car is able to put more of its prodigious power down to the ground. Now, FCA says it's going to do 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds okay, uh, and a quarter mile in 10.5. Now, keep in mind that the uh, Demon was, I believe, what, 9.87 was, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit over half a second slower. Uh, in the quarter mile than a demon, and I think that has to do with the fact that even though it does have nittos, they're not like dedicated drag, you know, like Hoosiers, right? Right, 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 right. Right, they're still street legal, so they're not like you know, just 
super sticky, no tread, drag strip only vehicles. Do tires. they do a thing where they re remove the seats and all that? You no, actually pay more money to. No, okay. You just buy it like it is. You can so it's a car. It. It's a car, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what about that that box where you get the box with all the cool parts in it and everything else that they, they fly to your house and they drop it in? Yeah, no, no, no. The, no. The, the only box you get is maybe a box where the owner's manual comes in. Uh. <laughs> There's no box. So, so all the cool stuff that the Demon had in terms of all the extra kit and everything else, it doesn't have that. Yeah, and, and by the way, all three of these we're going to be talking about, they're a shade under over $80,000. Okay. So, right, I mean, so, so it depends, you know, at least the ones I tested. They might, they might start a little bit less, but that, you know, that's where you're going to be paying for, for a lot of these. Uh, so it's a lot of money, uh, but it's a lot of power. Now, the one thing that does give me a little pause, dude, is, you know, we've got a, a Tesla Model Y performance. Yeah. Which, you know, they're like uh, $60,000. Give or take. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, it'll come close to matching this car on the drag strip. Yeah, which is kind of you know, which is you know, kind of scary. I mean, we, we okay, we, we tested it up here, and it did um, in real terms like twelve seconds on a quarter mile every time. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get in at elevens. This one's ten point five, but I think that's at sea level, dude. I don't think you're going to get uh, to ten point five up here at a mile above sea level. Uh, yeah, yeah, although it is supercharged, which helps you know with some of that issue, but still, you'll you'll, you'll lose some time. Um, not and, to and, mention the fact that if we're the ones driving it, it's going to be like in 12s or 13s. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it's, it's also rear-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, how many times have we read in the comments section, you guys can't drive? <laughs> we, I'm used to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the problem isn't that we can't drive. The problem is that all these cars, uh, at least the two-wheel drive ones, are under-tired, right? Even though I think this one has 305s. That's a big tire, right? That's, yeah, yeah, if you're watching this, wide. It's a wide tire. But still, it's not enough tires. A 305 rear-wheel drive, 800 horsepower, not enough. Now, they need to put the massive rear tires in off of, like, an old Viper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cut the wheel wells completely out, remove them, and just shove those in there and just deal with it. I mean, FCA is at a point right now where they could care less. They're shoving massive, fuel-thirsty engines in everything they own. Why? Because they can, which is awesome. Um, but the other side of that is, if you're going to do that, you might as well try to find a way to create more traction. And there's two ways to do that. Larger tires, all-wheel drive, right? I mean, those are the, the easiest ways to do it. And we'll get to all-wheel drive in a second. We will, because one of these vehicles does have it. Indeed it does. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of people out there who hear the argument about, yeah, electric vehicles are, are, are remarkably fast, you know, especially in a straight line. And that's absolutely true. However, the one thing is you can't replicate the sound and the fury and the fun. It's kind of like the difference between riding a Harley and riding a scooter. They're both going to get you from point A to point B, but which one's more fun to drive? Most people would say the Harley. Yeah, I mean, you know, a Tesla Model S performance will do a quarter mile in uh, like 10.2 seconds mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's at sea level, that's at not sea level. Just, it'll, it's a computer basically, so it'll just repeat. It's a switch. It. You it's can a, turn it on it, and turn it It's a switch, off. and there's not a lot, you know, it's all wheel drive, so it doesn't take a lot of skill, and it just becomes really about, you know, who has a better reaction time if you're drag racing. But, you know, we went to Bandemir a few times this uh, year at the local drag strip. Uh, and I was amazed. There were a lot of Hellcat, but nobody wanted to line up against the Tesla Model S performance. Nobody wants to be that one video where it, you know, and it goes viral where and ludicrous once mode. again. And that, and dude, that's the definition of street cred. Yeah. You know, you know I mean, you, you, you could make all the Dodge Brothers uh, uh, 
commercials you want, uh, but when people are afraid to line up against you, then that is the definition of street cred. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, you're right. The Challenger, the Charger, these are just much more engaging and much more fun vehicles to take down the down the quarter mile. But but the numbers are in favor of the electric cars. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Instant not... Torque. Yeah, and I, I would never disagree with that, especially after the past few years that you've shoved Teslas down my throat. So, <laughs> where I've just finally said, okay, I surrender. You're right. They're fast. Okay, they're fast. But the thing is, um, it's, it's about being visceral. It's about having fun. And the other thing that you have to keep in mind is that you can take the any of these vehicles that we're talking about, these SRT vehicles, and pretty much run them at the drag strip all day long fuel them up, takes five minutes to fuel them up, and keep on going. It takes a lot longer to juice up an electric vehicle once you've run it out of juice. And, you know, that is a, that, uh, we'll talk about that later, I think, but that's a big deal for some people. Yeah, yeah, all right, so let's go to the next one that we, yeah. got, we got the drive, and unfortunately driving impressions are embargoed, so I can't talk about how they drive until November 30th, but I can tell you, you know, my initial impression. So the other car that they came out with uh, that's new is the uh, Charger, um, four-door, right? Uh, Red-eye, wide-body Hellcat. That's a mouthful, but basically what we're talking about here is a family sedan. Four-door family sedan. That they shoved a Hellcat Red-eye powertrain into. Which has been around for a while, but now it's got 797 horsepower. It's got, <laughs> it's got the wide body. It's got, uh, you know, the, the big tires. Zero to 60, once again, uh, it's in 3.6 seconds, so it's a tenth slower than the Superstock. Uh, 10 point, no, 3.5 as well, according to say. Sorry, yeah. it's 10.6 on the uh, on the uh, drag strip. So slightly slower. Slightly slower. But, it's but still, faster than 11 seconds is crazy. But, get this, 203 miles per hour top end. <laughs> 203. This is a Dodge. Yeah, for this a Dodge. Is, yeah, know, this is something that you can buy. Technically speaking, you can drive, and this you could drive every day back and forth to work. Yes. It's a much more of a commuter-friendly vehicle yeah, at the same time. Yeah, you know, we've driven the other ones, so I'm not going to talk about this one, but, you know, in any Hellcat, the, the engine turns over at, like, I don't know, 1,600 RPM at 55 miles an hour. It, it barely uses actually a lot of gas because there's so much horsepower. That's right. You actually took the our old Red uh, not Red Eye, but our old Hell, Hellcat. Hellcat uh, Challenger to California. Back. Yeah, and you were getting, like, 25 miles per gallon yeah, on the I guess, highway? Yeah, because you're, you're not using any gas. It's just yeah. like this lump. I don't even think the supercharger is turning very No, <laughs> this lumpy Hemi that's which, by the way, it's like, isn't it 70 horsepower has to be dedicated just to turn the supercharger because <laughs> yeah. it's so mad. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. Um, initially, when I heard about this car and how much horsepower it was putting out, I decided to take it. Uh, roughly around 80 grand is what we're talking about in terms of price. And I wanted to see what else out there for that money would compete with it in terms of top speed and overall power. And I couldn't find anything. M5. That's the only car. M5 won't touch it uh, yeah, on the track. That, that's probably... Zero 060 at least. Or yeah. And, you know, quarter mile. Yeah, M5. I'm sure there's an AMG. Uh, that, that, but none of them have close to 800 horsepower. And I think none M5 of them is can, 600 and something. In a straight line, that, that the Dodge will kill them. Yeah, well, but the M5 now does have all-wheel drive. I don't know if it's going to be able to do a and it costs and a, half a it costs a lot more too. Yeah, the you, M5 you, is you ridiculous. could get like another BMW for the price difference between an M5 and this vehicle. How much does M5 run? I want to say they're like 120. 120. I think yeah, it, correct me if I'm wrong guys, but I want to say that's how much they are. If you get the ones with all the bells and whistles. They might go. start a little bit lower, but you know, that they they get up that high. So can we officially call it the American M5? We could. <laughs> 
Yeah, or we could we could call the M5 the. That's uh, going to piss off every BMW <laughs> guy and every Dodge guy. Or you could guy. piss them off the other way. The M5 is a German. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> great. We'll never be allowed in Germany again this week. Now, the one thing that they didn't really change is the interior. Now, you've driven these, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, uh, and, and when it first came out, you know, they were they were pretty. Um, uh, at that time, they were pretty modern. It's starting to feel a little dated now. I mean, that chassis has been around a long time, right? <laughs> well, it, technically speaking, it goes back to a third Mercedes. generation. Yeah, Mercedes. Yeah. E. yeah, it's been around a long time, and the interior is starting to feel a little dated. There's kind of that giant sea of black, right? That big dashboard where really there's nothing in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's starting to get a little old. Some of the people in the comments when we put up our first video said, you pay that much and you don't get automatic folding mirrors. You know, it's, it's, it's little things that, that you expect, but when you have an older design, you know, back then they didn't incorporate. Now, of course, you would probably get it. Can I address up folding yeah. mirrors? Yeah. If you're going that fast down a drag strip, they're going to fold. <laughs> Automatically, right? It <laughs> <laughs> has to be electric, just to wonder. No, they're just going to freaking come in. Come on. <laughs> Cares about folding mirrors. No, I know. I know. I, I get you guys. And I understand what you're saying, too, about the interior being dated, but I will say this. Every... Uh, FCA product that I've sat in, physically sat in. I'm a big fat guy, and when I sit in them, I'm a lot more comfortable than the equivalent General Motors and Ford product in terms of headroom, in terms of seat comfort, in terms of fitting my large American butt. All of that works really well in their interior, and I feel that their interior quality is pretty good. But you're right, the, they look exactly the same that they looked like five, six years ago. I mean, there's no major difference in terms of interior design. Now the Durango, which we're gonna to get to, has something new inside that redid the interior, and mm -hmm. they, there's a new Uconnect, right? It's Uconnect 5, and I love Uconnect, Nathan. Uconnect, it's one of the best systems out there. The, so so uh, the a Charger and Challenger still have Uconnect 4, which is a little bit smaller. I wanna say it's like a eight, eight inch. inch, whereas the new Uconnect 5 is a 10 inch. So you get you know two more inches of real estate. It's also much sharper much more kind of you know modern uh, but having said that i think that the uconnect 4 is one of the most easy intuitive remember i mean you remember the first one it was like blue and green remember, yeah. remember when it first came up yeah. and it was touch it was always touch and it always worked yeah it did exactly what it's supposed to do yeah now other systems have caught up and are, are as good or nearly as good i'd say like sync has improved vastly remember the first sync system yeah second? i remember the first they were yeah. sync stunk but and first now, i drive oh my god oh my my God, they're yeah. still not very good, frankly. But that, that's a classic, like you know, pages nested within pages, nested within pages. It's just ugh. And, and the thing is, is that even Lexus is having a problem with trying to make something that's an intuitive system that's easy to use. Sync is better, but you know, Uconnect is one of the best systems out there in terms of ease of use for Neanderthal, who has a really tough time with tech, which would be me. Now, speaking of Neanderthals, I recently. Uh, we'll go back about a year ago, had the older version of the Durango SRT. Now, this was much slower. It was basically the 392. Yeah. Uh, but it's it was... still out there. It's still... Yeah. <laughs> it's a beast. And I had that in Los Angeles, and I took my family around, uh, like, to Universal Studios and stuff like that. And my wife hated it, which meant it was an awesome vehicle. Every tunnel I'd come to, man, I'd unroll the windows, and the kids were like, Dad, come on! <laughs> it was the best! And it was a lot of fun. The thing towed really well. It did a lot of things really, really well. And that's the old version. So I'm very curious to hear about the new version, which is, well, supercharged. It has a Hellcat engine in it. Yeah, Hellcat everything, dude. So now, of course, uh, we've got the Hellcat in the Durango. Uh, but here's something interesting. Mm. Only one year. 
Really? Yeah, only one year. They're only building it for 2021. I asked them why, and they said basically emissions. So if you want mm. your Hellcat Durango, you've got one year to buy them, and they're not cheap. They're like Ordered I say, once again, 80k ish. Uh, 710 horsepower, uh, according to FCA, 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, quarter mile in 11.5, so it's about a second slower, mm -hmm. uh, but it is all-wheel drive, uh, and it does have uh, all the new interior, uh, and it's nice. Right? So what they did was they made the, the, the front end a little bit more uh, modern by kind of making the lights a little bit narrower. Yeah, so it looks a little, a little squintier. It's a, you can see it up there. It's a little bit squintier. You know, they... Uh, Gave it a functional hood scoop, as you can tell, to mm -hmm. show that you've got the Hellcat, you've got the little red eye. Uh, a way that you can tell that, that you've got the Hellcat is if you look, it's up there behind you, right? If yeah. you look at the uh, front spoiler, it kind of comes out, it kind of juts, juts out yeah. uh, on the corners. Uh, and then they called it a gurney bump or a gurney lip uh, on the rear spoiler, kind of kicks up like a little ducktail. Yeah, so, okay. so that's how you can tell the, the real Hellcat from you know, the, the, the pedestrian 392. And also at a drag strip, this SRT will absolutely kill the other SRT. Yes, I mean, yes. it will absolutely eat it. And the thing is, is that, uh, now Roman, you can't talk about driving impressions, but we can talk about the fact that this is still a three-row crossover SUV, basically, Yeah. that can do pretty much everything that a regular Durango can do. And on top of that, what's crazy is that it has a pretty high tow rating. Yeah, it's not just pretty high, it's incredibly high, 8,700 pounds, Nathan. We actually got to tow with it. We'll be doing a video on November 30th. We'll publish that. Uh -huh. uh, they gave us one of their uh, dragsters, the real dragster, the Mopar dragsters to tow. Uh -huh. So I was towing 6,000 pounds with it. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, 80, you know, the TRX will only tow 8,100, which is a Hellcat F, uh, 1500 Ram, right? Right. Uh, so in other words, this tows more, more than, than the, the TRX. TRX. Yeah. By, by 600 pounds. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that, you know, that's a difference for some people between like being able to tow a boat and not being able to tow a boat. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, and there are a lot of reasons why, I mean, in terms of suspension and all that, obviously we, we can't get into all the details on why this can tow, what I, it can I tow. Asked, I asked them that and they just said it's got a very strong chassis. And then, and then I didn't ask, I think the reason the TRX tows 8,100 is because Raptor tows 8,000, right? Yeah, so, so one, one, one thousand, they, yeah, one hundred pounds more. One hundred more. But why this does 600 more, uh, I couldn't get a clear answer Well, we on. towed with the 392 in the past, and yeah. we actually did a night gauntlet with it, and it towed like a beast. The only issue we had was a little bit of rear-end sag, and there's no adjustable suspension to, to fix that. And when you're towing that much, you need a brake controller? Comes yes. with one. No kidding. Yeah. This yeah. comes with a brake yeah, controller. Yeah, it has a brake controller, yeah. So there you go, folks. Forget buying the Toyota, uh, what is it, the, the Highlander. I mean, why? Why would you do that when you could buy one of these for $30,000 more? <laughs> yeah, why would you spend to get poor mileage? But at the same time, <laughs> be able you to tell more. You the Sequoia. Oh, that's a cool. Yeah. I, I figured the, the Highlander. Highlander yeah. The Highlander, the back seat's pretty tiny. This one is actually, you know, this is usable. Is that, uh, yeah. But but having said that, it's not as usable as like you know a suburban. That's no, no. that's still you know. This, well, no, the suburban so, is. So so now you've got like like almost like three classes of three row vehicles, right? So in the small class is like the Telluride, the Palisade, the Highlander, right? Mm. Maybe even the Explorer with that optional. I think Explorer has an optional third row now, right? Or did they do it? No, Explorer does third row. Yeah, they yeah. Do third yeah, row. yeah. So you know, and and then you step up to the next size up, right? Which would be like maybe the the Durango. It's pretty big, 
but it's not, maybe that's more like explorer size. Yeah, the, the Durango and the Explorer are very close. Right, to right size. yeah. And then, of course, you get to the big boy, which is like, you the know, Yukon the Yukon and Escalade and, you know, the GM twins, the, the big monster. Or some of the, some like, maybe like a Land Cruiser is also very big with those mm. funky back seats. Yeah, I, th this vehicle to me, um, it, it's, it, it's one of the few that I've been compelled thinking about how can I afford one? How can <laughs> I buy one? Just get a, like a 20 year mortgage. You can go. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I put up the house again. And uh, sorry, honey, uh, you, you really wanted to go to school overseas? Not going to happen. Yeah, so I, no, it's, it, I really loved driving the old one uh, with the 392. And even up here, where it lost oh, easily probably 150 horsepower just being at high elevation, it still was a beast. And it handled really well for what it was. So I'm very curious. And when, when does the driving impressions drop on this one? November, I think this is also November 30th. November 30th. Yeah. So at the end of November, guys, keep in mind, we're going to be telling you all about how it is to drive this thing, and Roman's going to find a way to get me one. <laughs> all right. Have, and we have a towing video coming, too, so you can see how it tows. I'm, I'm really curious about that. I'm sure Andre's chomping at the bit to get that information, too. This is, this is a really interesting vehicle. Think about it. There are very few crossovers or SUVs that you can tow 5,000 pounds with, much less over 8,000 pounds. This gives you everything you want with the exception of good mileage. That's the only thing that you're missing, good mileage. Okay, Nathan. Um, so, you know, there's an interesting side story here we should talk about. And me and you went on the program a couple of years ago where they introduced the uh, Hellcat Jeep Grand Cherokee. The yeah. Jackhawk, right? Yeah, that was a beast. Right. Uh, but I was talking to the dealer who sold them. And what happened with that was there was a lot of excitement around it, but mm -hmm. they made it very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and so the dealer ordered a bunch, and then the people were like, I don't know if I want to spend this much. Uh, and then the excitement kind of waned, uh, and then they kind of languished on dealer lots. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if that could be a potential with the Durango. I mean, look, you've got a boatload of power, right? Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, ADK for an American Durango is really getting up there. It is, but how much does an AMG cost with uh, the Mercedes? Yeah, but those guys aren't going to cross shop these, are they? Well, there might be a couple. I think that there'd be some people who think who really want a powerful SUV, something to make a statement. There's going to be plenty of good old American boys who are out there already spending nearly that much on big pickup trucks, right? I mean, you're going to spend this much on the competitor, right? You're going to, you could spend this much on a Suburban. Sure. Yeah, or yeah. Tahoe, you could. I mean, the last ones we had, I mean, they were way up there in price. So the question is, who would buy a performance-oriented, three-row, smaller SUV? That's basically what this is, right? It is a hot shoe. It's something that's built to, to blast. It's not something I'd necessarily take to the track every weekend, but every once in a while it would be kind of fun. I think I would take it to a drag strip. I wouldn't take it on a, on a, you know, a traditional track. I would, because yeah. I'm stupid enough to do that. <laughs> but the thing is, is, I just love trying to haul heavy things around a track. It's just kind of a personal thing I love. But here's the thing about that, and it's a good question. You know, who would buy this, and, and what ha went wrong with the, the uh, track hawk with the Jeep, right? It didn't go wrong. I mean, they sold no. them, but I'm just saying. No, they, they didn't they, sell I, them very well, though. I went to the dealer, and he said there was a lot of excitement, and then when they first came out, there was a premium on them, you know, and then it kind of. premium like, hurt them, yeah. that's, which was stupid. Dealers and, screw themselves. I hate dealerships, frankly. I yeah, do. And, dude, I mean, you can't take it off-road. Right? It's a Jeep, and yet you can't take it off road. Not, not really. I mean, it does have an all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive system. The, the, the at least the, the uh, yeah, it does. Did. But it, 
it's it's kind of low to the ground and it doesn't have tires that are built for off-roading but i did take one of those into the snow yeah and when you forced me to drive one of those slowly <laughs> yeah, forced to, you yeah you did you forced me to drive it slowly to moab <laughs> that's true and which because I, I couldn't keep up with you <laughs> <laughs> no we were doing an mpg run yeah and i, I was like a chimpanzee on crack in the back just freaking out because i couldn't go above you know a certain speed following roman it was crazy but the point is is that i actually did take that onto some dirt roads because you told me not to. And um, it, articulation was really, really bad, so I had to be really, really slow, but the traction control system worked really well, so I was able to get it sideways around dirt corners and kind of drive it like a rally car, which was really, really fun. So it is doable, but in terms of actually using it as a Jeep, you know, going off-road over rocks, can't do it. So Tommy and I were kind of, you know, we were on this program and we were kind of thinking to ourselves, I wonder if the reason that they're only selling it for one year is, and they said it's because of emissions issues, but it's because of the Trackhawk experience. Maybe they know that, you know, there's a lot of excitement for, and if they make it a limit, I'm not saying they're limited, limiting the amount of vehicles they're building, but they're certainly limiting them for the amount of time they're building them. Right. So there will be, you know, either buy it next year or you don't. One would hope that if they saw a way of extending that, that they would. Um, my so, point with this vehicle is they should build 50,000 of them and be done with it and move on if there are emission issues because I think that they'll sell 50,000 of these things, no problem. So I'm going to get to drive one more new car once again. Uh, uh, driving impressions are embargo, but I will tell you everything about it. Yes. Uh, and this is the one that did not have the Hellcat. Do you know what it is? The one that, the, this is the last FCA vehicle that will ever get the Hellcat. And it's I would not, not the Dodge Journey then. But you're close. Come on, you're close. You're, you're one off. You're kidding. The Pacifica. The Pacifica. Oh, you drove the... Oh, the new one. Yeah. Oh, the all-wheel drive one? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you can't tell me anything about it. I, I, well, yeah, I can tell you all about it. I just can't tell you how it drives. And you both don't okay. So, so um, I would put a Hellcat into that thing. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, they still haven't adopted a way of doing a front-wheel drive Hellcat. But, but I think they can. Well, now it's all-wheel drive. So, so if you recall, uh, Chrysler invented the minivan back in 1983, actually. The American minivan. The American minivan. And ever since then, they've kind of, uh, you know, have had that as a point of pride. Mm -hmm. uh, and so right now, there are only three minivans left, right? There's the Toyota Sienna and the Honda Odyssey. Uh, and now, of course, when I say left, there's a Transit Connect, but the family minivans, there's right? There's a Kia, isn't there? Yeah, there's a Sedona. Yeah. But in terms of sales... Really, it's it's Honda, it's Toyota. Three, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, traditional minivans mm -hmm. with like sliding doors. Uh, do you know uh, Chrysler also invented the electric sliding door? I did not know that. I do know that they were one of the first to have uh, in in the states uh, sliding doors on both sides of the vehicle. And Stonego was their uh, invention. That's the other one. Yeah. So so. Um, it's uh, been redone. I would say, you know, refreshed and, and some significant engineering update because uh, there was an all-wheel drive Pacifica, well, town and country back then, but it hadn't been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they, they actually two generations back. And the thing is, is that a lot of people wanted that back because the only minivan that offered all-wheel drive was the Sienna from Toyota. And that was it. Nobody else offered it. So bringing it back is a huge thing. So there is good news and there is bad news. So the good news is they did bring the 
all-wheel drive back. Uh, but the bad news is they have a plug-in hybrid with a 16 kilowatt hour battery, which will do about 30 miles of pure electricity. But you can combine the two, Nathan. You can have the all-wheel drive or you can have the plug-in hybrid. I think there's just too much going on underneath with batteries and such to, to combine both of those. I, when they did the debut in Chicago, um, they took me around the vehicle. And I, that's the first question almost everybody asked. Why can't you do both? And they said it's packaging. They just cannot get everything in there. However, what's really cool, um, and, and you know, I haven't driven it yet. I'm just telling you in terms of physically what they've been able to do. They've been able to keep Stone go with all-wheel drive, haven't they? Yes. So they, they kept They couldn't go. do that before. No, no. And now you, you have it in the second and third row. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got to drive the uh, Pinnacle, which is the Pinnacle in terms of their model lineup as well as price. Uh, so uh, it starts at about 35000 uh, you know, for the uh, base. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it goes all the way up to 55000 for the uh, Pinnacle. Okay. Which is the one we had. Uh, and the Pinnacle, they really uh, spent a lot of time making it much more luxurious. So, like, there's this beautiful kind of diamond stitch uh, leather interior. Do they have the pillows in there? They had the pillows. They had the pillows. Yeah, I got the little pillows. Yeah, they gave me a little pillow as, as part of the press kit. Zach uh -huh. has it. If you want to take it home. No, 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 no. I'm good with pillows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not pillows. Your wife has no pillows, huh? <laughs> She doesn't watch that gun. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, they did change uh, the exterior. So mm -hmm. once again, a little bit squintier headlights. They changed the grill around a little bit. Uh, now there's that racetrack kind of uh, tail uh, lighting signature. You know, remember that? Yeah. That, that Ralph Giles did that kind of zips around all the way. So yeah, it gives a little bit more of a macho look, I think. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a little bit more sporty. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, they changed the interior. It's got uh, Uconnect 5.0 with the big 10 inch screen. And then they <coughs> changed that center section. They said it's got, got over seven liters of storage space, which is a lot. Yeah. That, and that's they added a really cool feature. Hmm. You know how, like, uh, I think in the Odyssey, you can kind of. Uh, have your voice be like God's voice and, and boom in the back. Yeah. So you're like, hey, kids, shut up back there, right? Right, right, right. Well, these guys, I think, went one step further. They, they put a thing called the FAMCAM, F-A-M-C-A-M, FAMCAM, which is short for the family cam. Okay. Uh, and imagine if you have a rear-pointing child seat and you don't know what the kid's doing, right? The kid's back there puking up or eating crayons and you have no idea. Well, now with the fam cam, you hit the button and you connect and it shows you what the people from above are doing in the second and third row. That could be really valuable for somebody <laughs> who has a prepudescent, uh, you know, or, or a teen that's yeah. in the back seat and you're driving somewhere and there was someone with the, uh, who they're interested in. Well, you've, you've, got, you've got the daughter, I don't, so I don't I worry know, about that. No, it's not a problem anymore. She's past that stage, thank God. Um, <laughs> but your son's not. <laughs> no, 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 he's just starting. <laughs> Boy. But anyway, it's cool, right? No, so it's, it's you, a cool you, idea. Yeah, it shows you there's a little, this little camera that like, looks down on the people in the second and third row and in the front row you can see what So Big Brother to. is watching the Literally, entire yeah. time. Well, yeah. that's, no, I like that. That. Or dad, or, or mom, or mom. Uh, you know, I, I like that. You know what else is interesting is that the plug-in hybrid version also received a lot of those updates as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the plug-in also has that same, depending on what model you get. Um, the all-wheel drive comes for the most part as a twenty-five hundred dollar option. So mm -hmm. you can you can like you know take any of the models and add all-wheel drive to it, like, unless it's the plug-in hybrid. Uh, and here's something else cool about the all-wheel drive: it's completely invisible. So um, the vehicle is basically a front-wheel drive car, unless a whole bunch of like crazy things happen. So, Losing traction. You no, know, it's actually more complicated than that. They really? Went, they went through all the things that trigger the all-wheel drive. So you turn on your wipers. 
turns on all-wheel drive. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you, you do like a, a very athletic move to the steering wheel. It shoots power to the it back. It turns on all-wheel drive. Now, if I recall, they said that the system actually completely decouples. Yes. So there's no drag. Basically, it's just front-wheel drive. And then when it needs to, it actually fires up a, a, a clutch or whatever that clicks into the rear yes, end, right? Like, it sends power. Unlike, um, you know, unlike, for instance, uh, the Toyota, right, which actually has a motor in the back. Yeah. So this is sending power from the Pentastar. I think it's like 268 horsepower uh, to the rear wheels when, you know, you turn on your windshield wipers. Uh, but the Toyota has that, it's like got that Lexus Toyota system where there is a, an actual motor in the back. And we've done some flip tests on it. Uh, and they haven't done well, the, the Toyota products, with those, you know, with those motors in the back. Yeah, they have to think about it. And it, 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 it's shown, I remember showing uh, Tommy was doing yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, it, it, because all the Toyota also is always a hybrid. So now the you know Sienna is only a hybrid. Yeah. Because it needs that. And all-wheel drive is an option on, on, on that. Whereas in with with the um, Chrysler product, no, there's another fact actually that I have that I remember now. Uh, the gas tank, the fuel tank, um, on the all-wheel drive option is the same size as the one from the front-wheel drive. Now this wasn't true in the past with a lot of other all-wheel drive vehicles because of all the components that you have to have in there. They were able to reposition the gas tank and actually keep the same amount of, um, you know, capacity. So. Well, they did give you two numbers that are pretty important. Mm. Uh, they said with the hybrid, uh, if you're running on uh, electricity, you're getting the equivalent of 80 mpge, mm -hmm. uh, and you have a range of uh, about 500 miles. Yeah, which, which is, is really good. Which is really good for cross-country trips, which is exactly what vans are great for. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that uh, Chrysler uh, continues to push the what, what's possible in the minivan. Mm -hmm. You know, now, now they've gone, I think this refresh is based on all-wheel drive and a much more luxurious interior, you know, <laughs> bringing kind of upmarket to most uh, families. Um, you know, uh, 55,000, it just seems like every vehicle now that, that, that's coming out, the numbers are just staggering, you know? I, 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 it, maybe it's just me, uh, but, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of new car introductions, uh, and these numbers, be it the, you know, like we just talked about the GM, there's a quadruplets, right? Yukon, Tahoe, Escalade. What am I missing? No, you know, I mean, suburban. Can, suburban. Four, yeah. yeah. I mean, those things, you know, go well into the 80s. Yeah. Now yeah, you've yeah. got a minivan that's 55,000. Uh, I, I think, <clears throat> I think luxury sells. I guess it does, but there are entry level versions of all of these vehicles right, yeah. too. I mean, you, you got to keep that in mind. And yeah, prices are increasing because demand is still there. And the other thing is, is that. 10 years ago, when you and I were kind of getting this thing kind of going, prices were a lot less. You could buy a car for well under $20,000 and have some pretty decent features. Now it's a challenge to get a vehicle for $20,000 that has anything that's worthwhile, or that's fun to drive. I mean, that's the truth, right? I mean, there are much more expensive cars out there that are considered standard. So, so the question, Nathan, is what else are they going to put a Hellcat into? Oh, yeah. So here, here's a great idea. Yeah, Hellcat everything. What else? Well, I mean, there's only so many so, vehicles so they, left. Let's talk about what they've done, right? Mm -hmm. So they start with the Charger and Challenger, which makes sense, right? They're tra traditional American muscle cars. Right, and they have a similar platform. Right. And then they moved on to the Jeep mm -hmm. Grand Cherokee. Right. Uh, and now they're doing uh, the TRX, which is, the, which is the truck, right? Right. And now they're doing the Durango, so that's five. Mm -hmm. What else is there left in the FCA lineup? You know, I mean, obviously, if they still did the 300, you could do a Hellcat 300. Well, they still have the 300. Right, but I'm saying you could put the Hellcat in that. Right. It's the same chassis as the Charger Challenger. Which is really strange because right now Chrysler really is only selling one vehicle. 
<laughs> the Pacifica. The Pacifica. That's it. I mean, they're the very. They're not selling a whole lot of the 300. So why not just do it? But the other thing is, um, th they have other vehicles that mm, wouldn't support it, but would be really cool if they could find a way to grand, make it happen. A, a grand wagoneer. Why not? <laughs> why not, guys? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're coming out with it. Uh, but also, you know, why not a Compass? Hellcat Compass. Well, we know that there's a we know that there's a concept for the 392, right? Right. With the big Hemi uh, Wrangler, I just say just just skip it. Just go, just, right. just go to the next level. I mean, just throw a supercharger on there. Come on, guys, you're Come already on, guys. there. Oh, I guarantee you that they have tested plenty of Hellcat powertrains in there. Not only that, but if you recall, three years ago. Uh, maybe it was four years ago when we went to Easter Jeep Safari and we were driving their super hot rod version of the Jeep that someone else destroyed. Remember we had the velocity pipes in it and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, so we were driving that around and I asked a few people, including Mark Allen, I said, so when are you guys going to put a Hellcat in one of these things? And, he's, and he looked at me and goes, who says we haven't? Yeah. Well, they did, remember? Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but in terms of testing, you know, my thing is like production. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that they're thinking about it. But the thing is, is that, and this is, I think, where Roman and I are going with this conversation. You have to get while the getting's good because things are changing. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. You know, I, I did mention Tesla. And you look at, you look, look uh, I love internal combustion engines, you know, and I hope this is not the end of the ice age, right? Internal combustion engine. Right. Uh, but... At the same time, electric vehicles are just much more um, quick, right? Because of instant torque. So I'm not saying <clears> they can tow better, which they can, we know they can. At uh, least I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they can go off road better, which they probably can't right now because you can't plug them into a cactus. Uh, but in terms of just sheer acceleration, uh, they do have the edge. Even even like you know, even not not forget about Teslas. Let's talk about like the Mach E, right? That's going to be relatively quick. That's going to be really fast, actually, yeah. if you look at the GT and what were the numbers of that I'm hearing. And even the, even the Volkswagen ID3 and ID4, right? Mm -hmm. these, these, you know, for, for just being kind of, let's call them traditional, not quite entry level, but, you know, middle of the road electric cars, you know, they'll, they'll kill any other middle of the road internal combustion engine car out there in, in pure acceleration. My Nissan Leaf won't. No, your Nissan, your Nissan, Nissan, Nissan Leaf is... is <laughs> well, not kill you No, no, there's, there, there's some old lady who's putting on her racing gloves right now who drives a Prius and is like, yeah, I'll take you. But the thing is, is that um, the newer Leaf actually is pretty quick. Um, newer vehicles, they're, 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 they're every day, they're making them lighter. Uh, General Motors now has their new uh, Ultium batteries, which are much, much lighter. And other companies are building them, and lightness helps electric vehicles. So if you're able to increase range and, and make a vehicle lighter, then you're already half the battle there, Yeah, but right? they're still heavy as all hell. Battery no, they're, they're are, crazy yeah. heavy. Yeah. But yeah. what my point is, is that they're making them much lighter. And, you know, that's, that's a start. And every year technology improves. And every year, I think, we're going to see electric vehicles become less and less expensive. You know, there's a company in Texas that's selling electric cars. They're basically built in China. Uh, they're called Candy. And they're selling them for like ten grand, and they're actually street legal and have a hundred mile range. So, so the car that I want, and this was at SEMA last year, right? Is the uh, uh, what's that company called? What's I can't pronounce the name. It's a German company that does the tops for the. Uh, uh, oh, Westphalia. I, no, not Westphalia. It's it's W. They do the tops for every a soft top for every vehicle except for the Jeep Wrangler. Wabasto. Wabasto. Oh, okay. So Wabasto at SEMA, Nathan had an all electric Mustang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Right, right. With it a manual a, transmission. With a manual transmission. So you could either shift it yourself mm -hmm. or you could put it like in, you know, second and just use the torque of the engine. I think it had a thousand 
thousand uh, horsepower. Right. And I'm just wondering when somebody is going to actually build the first all electric muscle car. And I'm, 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 you know, seriously. I mean, this Wabasso thing was probably a little bit half baked. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a SEMA concept car, so it's not going to be like production ready. Right. Right. But, but why isn't why isn't or maybe they are? Why isn't like FCA or GM? Or even Ford working on actually an all-electric muscle car. It seems to me, it seems like it's you know, if, if a Tesla Model S in ludicrous mode can crush a Hellcat, not to mention Lamborghinis, not to mention Lamborghinis and everything else. Yeah. Why isn't one of the major American manufacturers redefining what an American muscle car is? I think this is a perfect moment for that. Uh, you 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 missed one incredibly important point there. What? There are no chargers at uh, drag strips. What have I missed? Yeah, that's one of them. Now, people aren't buying muscle cars. They're, they're really not. I mean, the the numbers are minuscule when you compare them to trucks. Would you buy an electric? Would you guys buy an electric muscle car? I would buy one in a heartbeat. You would. I would. Yeah. And it has to be all-wheel drive because you just can't put the power down otherwise. Mm. Right. Uh, and it has to be. It has to, it has to. It has to be cool. Right, mm. right. I mean, you look at Lucid, right? So Lucid is now saying they're going to have their air is going to be quicker. Uh, I want to say what nine point two in the quarter mile. It, it's supposed to be faster. But it's supposed to be faster, right? Yeah. But but it's a it's a four door sedan that looks like something that should be cruising uh, down the autobahn and not down an American drag strip. Right. So so you know, or why doesn't Tesla build? You know, Tesla build build a muscle car. Well, they're trying to. They're, they're building their 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 two door sports car with rockets. Uh, it's a sports car. But, but that's, a muscle car, right? Uh, muscle car is, uh, is defined uh, by... By, by know, maybe the muscle, which you don't have. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and you know, your, your, your definitions are all skewed when you get to electric uh, vehicles. Now, here's the thing. Ford would disagree with you because they're building the Mach-E, which they call a Mustang. I know you and I both agree that the name is absolutely wrong. They should just call it the Mach-E and been done with it and you not know, use Mustang. I'm, not, I'm surprised they don't call it like... Uh, the Mustang, Mach-E, Raptor, F-150, <laughs> Tremor. 15 different <laughs> eagle eye thrusts. I know, I know. Uh, you get bogged down with what names are going to be put into a car, and I agree with that. But Ford's marketing has been on saying that this is an electric muscle car. That was their terminology. And I think that that might be for some new consumers... Who are not who don't care about the old Mustang very much? They're like, oh, there you go. That's that's your electric muscle car. It's gonna it's gonna outperform off on the drag strip a Mustang GT. I guarantee it. It'll be much faster. I don't know about around a track, but that's a whole different story. And then you get to what is General Motors going to do? They've already dedicated billions of dollars to develop EVs, right? The Hummer they, EV for 112. Huh? Well, that, that, but that's, that's not a muscle car. Yeah. But, but, you know, they're also talking about basically electrifying their fleet within the next 10 years. Almost every vehicle that they have will have some sort of electric derivative version of it, right? Right. And then you have FCA putting Hemis in everything, which is freaking awesome. But here's the deal. FCA is now partnered with Peugeot. Peugeot builds some good electric cars. Really good electric cars that that will most likely find their way over here. Maybe not as Peugeots, probably as you know, Fiat, or not, Chrysler, Dodge, whatever. But, <laughs> Chrysler, Dodge, so, Peugeot. <laughs> but the point. God help us. There. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> but the point is, is that they're going there. So the big three are moving over to electricity. So your thing about getting an electric muscle car yep. is kind of sort of coming, but it's not going to be you. What you want is you want a demon, but with an electric power. Plant. And all-wheel drive. 
and all-wheel drive. Yeah, you know, you know, I didn't want I didn't want one that badly because you know, the, I mean, the brilliance of like these Hellcats is you've got the super wine induction noise yeah. like that, right? Plus and then, the thrum, and, and then you got the thrum of the traditional American V8. So you got both those great sounds. And when you put it on an electric car, we've taken the Model Y. It's it's just right. There's just it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what changed my mind, Nathan, was when we bought that uh, smart electric car, mm -hmm. uh, and you could actually tune it. That was cool. When, we, when you could actually like buy a little box, and you can plug it in, and yeah. you could actually get a tune out of it. All right, Nathan, the question I have for you and you guys out there is, would you buy an electric muscle car? No, I wouldn't. I'd buy an electric truck uh, or an electric version of this with a V8. Um, so you're saying just Hellcat everything, basically. Hellcat the hell out of everything. <laughs> just I mean, put, put that big old V8. Just while we can, before, <laughs> because eventually it's going to go away, guys. It's going to go. Look, they're only building this for a year. It's going to go away. So buy them while you can. I would say that uh, with Basto Mustang that they had at SEMA, you know, that was uh, a thousand horsepower. Yeah. I say, Basto, build it and they will come. <laughs> at least Roman will. At least I will, yeah. Well, it depends on what you cost. That sounds strange. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is a great talk. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and remember, check out uh, all of our YouTube channels, uh, but especially check out TFL Car, TFL Now, TFL Off-Road, TFL Truck, well, that's a lot of them, and TFL Bike. And hell, check them all out. We're going to do TFL Boat, I promise we you. Are not doing TFL <laughs> we are, we are not doing TFL Boat. We are not doing TFL Plane. I want to be a ship Nathan. captain. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing, what else is there? Uh, what are the forms of transportation? TFL uh, train? Train is not bad. I don't know anything about trains. But we one day, it's TFL space. <laughs> you know what I'd love to do? Hmm. I'd love to do, because uh, we still haven't gotten a TFL Sherpa. I was watching the show uh, on um, cable TV. Uh -huh. uh, it was Extreme Ice Machines. Oh, okay. And they featured the Sherpa. So if you guys have a Sherpa out there, we want to... I mean, come on. How could we not do a Sherpa? Oh, hell yeah. You bring us a Sherpa, we promise we'll drive it. And Hellcat it. All right, see you guys next time. Ciao. See you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.